Hey guys, welcome to episode 30 of the Natty Cast. I am your host, Peter Bowman, and in this episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Troy Addison. Troy has been working in the fitness industry for some time now. Uh, he was a former athlete um, and he even did a bit of acting. Um, he has a massive YouTube channel called Superhuman You, and he also is the owner of a lifestyle brand called Alpha Lion. So we had a great conversation today. Uh, we talked about, you know, making it in the fitness industry um, and the steps it takes to get there. Uh, we talked about Troy's journey and things of the sort. So if any of that interests you, I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Um, so let's get into it. When did you um, first get into lifting weights or fitness or uh, was it sports that started you off or? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up and I was absolutely obsessed with basketball. So I was training to, uh, you know, my biggest dream was to be a pro basketball player dating all the way back to probably when I was like six years old. So I would go in the gym, I would practice for four to five hours, shooting drills, ball handling drills. And then I got into high school, and I realized that I needed to put on some weight. I definitely needed to get more athletic. I was, like, six feet tall and about 140 pounds as a freshman in high school. So, like, I was literally getting thrown around on the court. Mm -hmm. And I got really into, like, lifting and training and just, like, kind of becoming obsessed with increasing, like, my genetic potential as far as strength goes, speed, vertical jump, all that. Awesome, awesome. So then from there, um, when did you become more serious into, I guess, um, bodybuilding and that sort of aspect? Yeah, so from there, I played basketball in high school. I actually trained at a really prestigious uh, school called IMG, and they train a lot of NBA and NFL players in the offseason. So I really got a taste of, like, what high-level training is there. Mm -hmm. And then I played in college for a little bit. I broke my foot my sophomore year of college. Uh, kind of like fizzled out as far as like my basketball dreams at that point. And then I started getting more into uh, like lifting because I had to have something to replace that passion. Uh -huh. So um, as far as like aesthetic bodybuilding goes and things like that, the first couple of years, um, I probably made every mistake in the book. I really didn't know what I was doing. And then obviously just uh, like learning more about aesthetic bodybuilding and learning the science of it and all that. Um, the last, I would say, Five years I've been really into uh, you know just like developing my own physique and my own performance and mm -hmm. just like across the board really trying to uh, I guess become superhuman so to speak that's kind of what every guy wants so <laughs> okay so after um after sort of the basketball thing di died down did you go into a bit of um you know depression at first or anything like that I know a lot of athletes they sort of identify as you know being a basketball player like a I played soccer I didn't have this issue but like being a soccer player or even like, you know, um, MMA fighters, they get hurt and then they have like no identity. So did you deal with any of that or was it kind of just a smooth transition into lifting? Uh, definitely wasn't like a smooth transition. Um, yeah, I would say for a couple of years, I was just kind of like trying to figure out the direction I wanted to take my life because I was kind of at that age where, um, you know, like you're not that young anymore. You're graduating from college and yeah. I, I was doing like... Um, I started doing a little bit of, like, freelance work for uh, fitness blogs at the time. This is mm -hmm. kind of before, like, uh, like YouTube was, like, real, real mainstream and Instagram was mainstream. So That's I started cool. writing for fitness blogs. And mm -hmm. that kind of, like, piqued my interest to be like, wow, there's actually, like, some money in fitness besides just being, like, a trainer and things like that. So um, for a couple of years, I was doing, like, real estate, and I just didn't like it. And I was, um, like you said, I was trying to find that, like, passion. And then I realized that I could make a career out of fitness. 
Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like when I went all in on like YouTube and things like that. So yeah, that's awesome. I'm kind of in that same boat now. You know, I'm trying to, you know, establish myself in the fitness industry, um, and that's why I'm glad I get to talk to you because you, uh, you've done a pretty good job at it. Uh, so um, writing for these other blogs—that's something I'm interested in. How did you um, exactly get into that? Did you just hit them up or um, message yeah. them, and then you saw your content and liked it and approved it, or? Yeah, good question. So uh, back when I was doing this, there is a website called um, elance.com. I think it's now Upwork. And I had a, I think at the time when I was doing it, I had one of the, um, I kind of like built up a really good reputation with uh, health and fitness freelance writing. So eventually after like 10 or 15 jobs of getting good feedback, I had a lot more opportunities come my way. I got to uh, actually like help assist, uh, write like a, a book called The Flat Abs Diet. And I did a few little like Amazon projects. Oh, that's so awesome. I just kind of became really interested in like, okay, there's obviously like they're paying me money. How are they making money off of it? So I started to uh, kind of stumble down the rabbit hole of like kind of how to monetize my skill and my passion for fitness from there. So it all kind of started with just like realizing that, wow, these people are, these websites are hiring. They're paying me money. Um, how are they actually profiting? So it was a really cool experience. Yeah, that's awesome. So then from there, that's when you sort of transition into more YouTube and stuff like that. Exactly. So I got actually my, uh, so an opportunity that came from that website was uh, this guy owned a brand called uh, Weight Gain Network at the time. And it was a YouTube channel. It was a brand to help Mm -hmm. skinny guys gain weight. So at the time, um, he didn't want to be the one on camera. The YouTube channel had about 8,000 subscribers. This is back in, I think, 2013. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, he basically was looking for a new face for the brand. So that's why I started. uh, That was my first experience with YouTube. So he hired me to be the face of the brand and um, help build that channel up to about, I think it's almost at 200,000 subscribers. But that really helped me learn and get comfortable on camera, um, learn to create good fitness content. And then from there, I was like, you know what? I need my own brand. I wasn't passionate about doing that long term. So I created the channel uh, Superhuman You about two years ago, a little under two years. And that's basically just um, just everything I'm passionate about. It's basically my personal brand. And that's definitely the best decision that I ever made in my life was starting that channel. Yeah, that, I've been watching uh, a decent amount of your videos. And yeah, they're great. So do you have any advice for... Um me because youtube's something i want to branch out in i've kind of only focused on instagram so far um and now i'm doing yeah the podcast as well but i also want to branch out into youtube um do you have any tips to you know grow um your youtube following because you've done a really good job honestly that's a lot of lot of subscribers for a little over two years yeah um the thing that i really like about youtube and why i focused a lot more time on youtube than Instagram. I'm, I'm making a push on Instagram right now the last like month. I, mm-hmm. I, I love Instagram, but the thing that I love about YouTube is you have someone's attention for longer. Yeah. And it's a little bit easier to really build like a personal connection with someone who watches a video for five to eight minutes versus someone who's just scrolling and liking a picture. So I would say my biggest tip is like when I watch my first couple of videos, like honestly, like I cringe. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm making yeah. every mistake in the book. I don't like my videos. I can tell I'm not confident. So I would just say like, just start and realize you're going to get so, so, so much better. Mm-hmm. And I would say the number one thing is just trying to figure out how you can differentiate your content. Like I had a couple of videos that were a little bit controversial, but it was just like, it was what I was into at the time. I was doing these kind of like overtraining experiments where I would train a muscle group for like every single day for a month. And I would just share basically my results of what happened on that experiment. So I was doing like 
different kind of like outside the box experiments and both those videos got me almost a million views so that obviously helped grow the channel early on uh-huh. and now that i have an audience i'm kind of transitioning into doing this content that i'm really passionate about like i have an upcoming series called uh shredded baller verse where i'm basically challenging other fitness uh influencers to a game of one-on-one basketball we talk about fitness kind of like a fun style like collaboration video uh oh, style wow. that i'm working on so um, actually, I actually was just talking to uh, Teron Beckham at the gym a couple days ago, and he agreed to be on one of the episodes. So I'm really looking forward to that, just to kind of combine my passion for basketball and fitness. So at this point, like once you have that audience, you can kind of branch off and do whatever you want because you know that you have people who are going to watch and click on your videos. And I think people want to see something different, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's definitely the biggest thing, you know, getting started. It was the same way with... um you know, Instagram, uh, you know, you got to just turn it on and start posting consistently. And eventually you, you, you learn how to, you know, make your posts better. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and I, it's all about value. Like your posts, I know, uh, I've been uh, checking out your Instagram. It's like just a ton of value, like the infographics yeah. and just giving people value at the end of the day. And I think YouTube is the same thing. It's like people like to just like think their lives are so cool and just like vlog going to the grocery store. But at the end of the day, it's like people want to receive value. And it's like people are going to keep on coming back if they're getting value. So I think, you know, YouTube is the same way as Instagram. At the end of the day, you got to help people. Yeah. I, I that, Yeah. Really evolved um, this year in terms of that. I really learned that. And, you know, it reflects, you know, with the infographs, um, they can get annoying uh, for some people. But um, to the general public, there's a lot, a lot of value there. So um, it really helps people. And, you know, before it was just, you know, posting you see it all the time. It's like someone posts a selfie with just like a quote um, or just like some lyrics and there's no substance to it. Um, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> provi- providing the value. It goes, it goes much, uh, much further, you know, it gets you much more engagement, all that stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. So in terms of, um, you know, bodybuilding and that sort of stuff, did you ever have aspirations of um, competing or doing any like powerlifting or, were you more so just like the lifestyle, um, content creating, you know, entertainment um, side of things? Um, good question. I I flirted with the idea of doing like NPC physique. I just can't I can't mentally get really excited about it uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I know from just knowing a lot of people in the industry that most of the guys I'm competing against are going to be on. Um, obviously, they're, they're not going to be natural. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to sure. be on stuff and yeah. like. So it's like, why would I want to be, why would I compete against someone who has a complete unfair advantage over me? And I'm just not really, like, passionate about, like, having someone dictate how I should look. Like, I want to look how I want to look. Like, I want to, like, have big traps and big shoulders. Uh, I want to just, like, have my own look and not cater my look to, like, a specific, like, judge for, like, a, you know, just a trophy, if that makes sense. Like, basketball was, like. I guess growing up and, like, playing sports, like, playing basketball was just, like, so pure. Just, like, you're competing on a court, whoever scores the most points wins, where uh, bodybuilding just didn't really seem to me as, like, pure. I just, like, I kind of just do it for, uh, like, I love aesthetics. I love, obviously, to look good. I love to motivate people to get fit. But as far Mm -hmm. as competing, um, I'm not sure I'm ever going to do it. It would be cool to say, like, I'm an IFBB pro, obviously. It's a huge credibility booster. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I'm building a business on top of this. I'm building a YouTube channel. Those are two things I'm way more passionate about than just, like, competing on stage. Yeah, I wasn't aware. Um, I actually did one uh, men's physique show. Um, I made a lot of mistakes, didn't do very good. Um, crash dieted, all the typical stuff. But 
I won't, I won't go about, I won't go down the rabbit hole. Um, talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware that there are like natural organizations. So um, yeah, I know there are a few. It just, the problem is they don't seem to get much reach. It's yeah, like everyone in the world uh, knows who Jeremy Buendia is. Yeah. I don't know who the natural bodybuilding champion is. Yeah, you know? That's the <laughs> shitty thing. If you want to go like the, the natural route and have like a great physique, you kind of, you can't rely on competing because there are a ton of, um, you know, being more in that bodybuilding niche, um, I'm a fan. Bodybuilding is like a passion of mine. I wouldn't I completely identify as like a bodybuilder, but I'm okay. aware of like a lot of the, you know, competitors, the natural competitors out there. And you'd be surprised, like some of these guys um, like WMBF is the organization that uh, most natural guys compete in. Um, some of these pros, they look absolutely nuts, but they just don't have the presence on social media because, like you said, you can't really get money being a natural um, athlete. Um, you have to be, like if you're in the IFBB, a lot of them have contracts. Um, they get paid through sponsorships. They can make a living. Those guys have over 100,000 followers usually if they're um, right. decent. But all these natural guys, they have like a few thousand um, and they just compete just more so for fun. Like it's social media is an afterthought because most of these guys just have a full time job and stuff like that. So that's something that I, I think is kind of, you know, shitty about it. It would be awesome if, you know, um, I feel like if the IFBB and these pros were more open about um steroid use then you could kind of more differ differentiate the two but since that topic is kind of sweeped under the rug um it's not really put out there um the natural guys don't get a lot of credit i feel yeah 100 percent. that's what's kind of messed up about it even like there's just not a ton of uh like money and like say the prize money like you said the money is in the endorsements and the opportunities that come from you know the social media recognition like i know uh Wesley Vissers, the guy, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, he is, he's got an incredible physique. And I saw he, he just yeah, won, like, a big awesome. show, and it was, like, a $2,000 check. And I'm like, you have one of the best physiques in the world, and you only got a $2,000 yeah, check for that? Yeah. <laughs> like, I believe, that's wild. Yeah, I, I think the industry is going in the right direction, though, because I don't know if you've picked up on this, but I think more people are, you know, beginning to talk about um, steroid use. And I think that's actually going to be a great thing because, you know, I'm proud of being natural. I, I, I think if you're a natural, you should be proud of it. And, you know, some people say, like, um, like, wh why are you even talking about it? Like, who cares? Like, um, it's bo bodybuilding's bodybuilding. Um, you know, you still have to put in hard work if you're not natural and all that stuff. But, right. I mean, there's definitely, it's definitely something to be proud of. Because a lot of people, you know, they take that route. You know, they hit their first plateau. Um, instead of, you know, reevaluating diet, nutrition, uh, programming, they just decide to get on, like, drugs. And I don't know, I, to me, it's, I, I understand it if you want to um, go pro, but a lot, I think a lot of people just go about it the wrong way. And I feel like it kind of, you know, takes away from the sport in a way, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Just because not everyone is, I think it's going to be tough to just have everyone be fully transparent just because there's there's too much money involved at the top of like, mm -hmm. you know, if you have 500, 600,000 followers and you're getting paid from uh, endorsements for most of your income, and you have a lifestyle off that, it's going to be tough if you've, like, said you're natural to all of a sudden be transparent and be like, you know what, guys, I take Trenbolone, too, or something like yeah, that, you know? Yeah. That would just crush, like, it's kind of like the equivalent of, like, a pro athlete having endorsements and all of a sudden they get busted for, you know, drug use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, in terms of um your businesses, um, what was your first actual, like, fitness business where you were like, wow, like, I can do this, I can make a career out of this? Was that... um the writing or was that um further down the road 
I realized I'm, I'd say the first realization was in uh, 2014, I created uh, an eight-week program called Science of Abs. So it's basically incorporating a lot of fast twitch muscle fiber training, um, a lot of weighted abdominal work. It's basically a combination of fast twitch muscle fiber training, which would be like sprinting, vertical jump training, a lot of ab training, and a lot of compound exercises, along with, um, you know, a good diet plan. So I launched that in 2014, and um, I'd say the biggest, like, light bulb aha moment was when I just had a few people buy it one day. I was like, holy shit, I just yeah. created something, and someone bought it. Like, it was so wild to me that, like, it's like you create something out of, like, nothing, and all of a sudden, people want to buy it. And it was so cool to me, and I'm like, wow, you know, like, it's only going to go up from here. I'm only going to get, you know, smarter with this stuff. I'm only going to create more value and better products. So that was kind of the moment that I realized that, you know, I could do it full time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know this, but have you dabbled in like online coaching at all? Because that's something um, that I'm looking into now. Um, I actually have a few clients and I'm actually really enjoying it. Uh, but is that something you dabbled in or were you more into the, um, you know, creating, like you said, science of abs? Was that more your cup of tea, creating programs and stuff? I did both. I did from 2015 to 2017. I did a ton of online coaching with uh, with uh, the Wake End Network. So, like, obviously, we had a lot of guys who would just naturally reach out and be like, hey, do you offer online coaching? So we decided to open up. I worked with, like, 20 to 30 guys um, at once. And it was a lot of fun. Like, it was cool just, like, kind of connecting with people. It was a more, like, intimate experience than just, like, posting a video or posting a piece of content and having people engage with it. It's like you're actually helping someone and really trying to, like, cater a specific solution. So I really enjoyed the, like, the customization approach. So I'm trying to, like, reverse engineer for their body type and their specific goal what they need to do so that is yeah. something that i did for uh, a good two years and um i i simply just don't have the time anymore to do it like i would love to it's just everything with like the youtube and the business side it's just like it's a lot of like responsibility on a day-to-day -day basis a lot of decisions oh, yeah. and it just like it becomes a point when so many people are coming at you it just becomes stressful and that would just be like another thing but i think starting off it's the best way to go because it's just like you don't really need to like create something. It's just your expertise and you're helping people. It's customization. So yeah, hundred percent. That's a great way to go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. And I think it is, uh, you know, a great way to, you know, start out. Um, I feel like a lot of people think you can just like get all these clients out of nowhere, but it does take time. You got to, you know, show people that you're knowledgeable. You have um, you can provide value, which is kind of what I've been doing and now I think in the next few months I'm going to try to you know um, really try to you know build up some solid clients so that's awesome but yeah I have aspirations as well of you know having a program like you have the science of abs I just feel like that would be so cool to you know try and sell stuff and then actually getting you know seeing revenue pop up in like your bank account just from you know something you created I think that's awesome yeah, 100%. It's really cool, but the thing is, it's like, when you have conviction around a certain training mechanism, it just becomes natural, like, you want to get it out to the world, so it's mm -hmm. like, I, I've always been a huge fan of, uh, like, like sprinting and fast-switch muscle fiber training, and, like, I just love that form. I like combining aesthetic bodybuilding with kind of like how an NFL player would train, or an NBA player, kind of like both elements in, in one, so... Like, that's what I'm passionate about. So, like, my passion is just going to, like, come through in my program. So, I think if you have, like, an angle, a specific, like, uh, belief system or mechanism in bodybuilding that you believe in, like, I think it should, it's, like, your right to get it out to the world and expose it to uh, your audience, you know? Yeah, I, defi I definitely have, um, 
you know, certain ways of training that have definitely worked for me in the past, but I'm still looking for that, you know, that one real niche that I want to focus on, you know, other guys like, you know, Kino body, obviously he doubles down on the intermittent fasting. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's, um, yeah, I think that's definitely something necessary. Um, that's what I've heard from a lot of other, um, you know, business people and, uh, people I've seeked sought advice from, they said, you know, you need to, you know, find a niche and like sort of focus on that. So that's something else I'm working on. Um, I also saw you had, um, you're kind of the co-founder of a supplement company. Um, how has that been working out? Because, you know, I'm a fan of supplements. I actually, um, work with a company called Legion Athletics. I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, yeah, but... they actually, uh, they're one of the better, uh, I must say, cause <clears throat> like I know anybody who's anybody in our market, they have a really good, uh, really good supplement lineup they're yeah, one of the you, you know they make, mike, they make the pulse pulse pre-workout yeah right? yeah it's 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 really good i like it so you obviously you know mike matthews have you ever yeah uh, he's uh anything? he did an incredible job with his uh was it muscle for life yeah muscle for life is his blog is yeah he gets a ton of like his uh blog is a machine he was i think one of the most uh searched i think he got like one of the top five google hits in the world as of like a year or two ago on his blog so he's yeah, done a great crazy. job yeah they do an amazing job with um all their um their marketing and they're obviously um took over amazon they're one of, i don't even know how they do it it's like with the cookies and stuff like if you click, yeah. I, I remember because i told my um my parents about the company when i first started working with them um and they were like checking out uh, the supplements and stuff and then they were telling me about how like they would just go on the internet and just an ad for like legion pulse supplements like oh just, yeah, be yeah all over the place. Uh, so just, that's a that's a retargeting ad so basically yeah. like they pixel your computer and then when you're on like another another website that has like a google display ad like you'll see them because you previously visited is that what you mean yeah it just it just follows them around you know yeah exactly mike's an interesting one for me because you know he does um i mean he's killing it but he's not really like um pushing himself you know out there in the industry um so that's... yeah 100 percent. that's like a lot of people that i've met who actually make the most money aren't really pushing themselves out there they're mm-hmm. more of like the business system side of things because it's a lot like it is like everything that's going on behind the scenes with my company for instance like it i think people would be really surprised if they knew how like technical and complex it was yeah like you have to be really smart with marketing and setting up systems knowing who to hire and things like that so that's been like the biggest like when i said earlier how i don't have enough time to do like online coaching it's just because like that stuff is just like needs my full attention almost every single day so yeah, so um back to the supplement company. Um was that um difficult getting started up started up or was it um what was your sort of vision for that? And is that something you can or you're going to continue to still really push and try to grow or is that more of a side project or Uh no, that's my that's my main focus right now and starting it. So my my big vision for it is I know right now you just see like if you went on our website, we just have supplements, but my big vision is we're going to have a ton of I want to create like the ultimate alpha male luxury brand. So we want to do a lot more than just supplements. And we're obviously working on Mm -hmm. um, like an apparel line. We have a lot of other products that aren't supplement related on the way in the next like six to 12 months. So my big vision is I just want to create something that like just the ultimate alpha male uh, like luxury line with supplements, with overall health, performance, um, apparel, everything. And it was, I must say it was, I think I started it with my uh, partner, 
maybe 18 or 19 months ago and like it's been uh it's been a hustle like it's definitely not easy the first 12 to 18 months and i can say just now in the last two months i'm like holy shit like i'm so glad i went through all those road bumps and we persevered through everything because now it's like really 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 paying off where we kind of see like everything's going the way it should now like sales are great we have uh five new products on the way in the next six weeks so things are like growing rapidly but it was i would say a good 12 to 18 months of um not only going through a lot of obstacles but like you know even when you have a lot of sales coming in the thing is like a business owner that most people don't realize is you can't really pay yourself until you hit a certain point because you always need to be reinvesting in the business so what allowed me to do it was I had a few other um, online revenue streams from things. So, like, you got to be really patient. Like, you can't just, like, start a business and start paying yourself a bunch of money, even if you have good sales, because you're always going to need to reinvest in marketing and more products and hiring people, customer service, everything. So, Mm -hmm. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, um, affiliate marketing. I obviously do that with, um, you know, Legion Athletics and their products. And I, I'm 100% confident in doing that because, you know, I believe in their products, what they stand for, um, and all that stuff. Um, have you um, – I heard you could make a lot of money just sort of doing affiliate marketing with, um, you know, different brands. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people sell, like you do, um, programs. Um, um, is that something that you did in the past at all that um, brought in a good amount of money? Because it's something that I've been learning about, but I don't really want to – you know, you got to do your research because you don't want to align with um, things that you don't really necessarily agree with. Yeah, I mean, you, I never really did too much affiliate marketing. It's kind of the fastest way you can start monetizing like a social media following because it doesn't, you don't have to create like a product or anything, right? Yeah, you just yeah. promote an existing product. The thing that like, I always try to think like long term, I've always wanted to create, I've always been like, I want to create something big in my life. Like you only live once. I want to say like, when I'm 80 years old, you know, I did something big, I at least went for it. So the thing that I don't like about affiliate marketing is that you don't, like when we have a customer, it's like we acquire a customer for a year, two years, maybe even, you know, lifetime. Where mm-hmm. affiliate marketing, you're driving a sale, but then that company is acquiring that customer for life and yeah. you're left with just a small commission. So yeah, that's, that's what I didn't really like about affiliate marketing. But I think you, I think starting off though, it's a great way to kind of learn how things work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, it's kind of like you're just, like I said, my long-term goal is like you, I want to work for myself. And yeah, I guess you're still, when you're doing that, you're just working for, you know, other companies, essentially you're building their like clientele. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's a good way to go. I mean, if, for instance, if you have a, a massive social media following, you don't have much business or marketing experience so you don't want to deal with all that. You just want to, you know, live a good life, travel a little bit continue to work out and just milk your social media following for, you know, a full-time income, I think it's a good way to go if you can get a salary from a good company and it's products that you believe in. But, um, yeah, I think uh, if you want to go long-term, I would always recommend someone, even though it might not be as much money for the first 12 to 18 months, long-term, the best thing to do is always start a brand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So I want to go back to – you used to do some acting, or do you still um, do, like, actual acting? Um, tell me a I bit do, about uh, that. I did. I actually got a, a pretty cool role when I was, when was it? Back when I was, I think it just graduated from college. So I took a lot of acting lessons back in the day. Oh, wow. And it was just something that I was, like, interested in. And it's weird because I was, like, the shyest kid in, like, elementary school, middle school. I was so scared to, like, ever talk in front of the class and things like that. And I don't know, like... 
I think it's sort of like when the basketball thing died, I was like, I need something to like be excited about, like something that just like gets my adrenaline going. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started taking acting lessons from this guy in Orlando, Florida, and he actually had like a pretty successful movie career. I mean, he was in a scene with Brad Pitt. He was in some like pretty big roles, and he was like just this like badass dude that was just like so confident, and it kind of like gave me a different perception of like acting. So I, I was always like. I was never, like, in my wildest dreams be, like, someone who would take, like, theater class or anything like that. But I was like, man, like, acting in, like, TV and film, like, it's really cool. It's just, like, showing you how confident you are with yourself and things like that. So I started doing that for a couple of years. And then I got I got a lead role in an independent horror movie back in 2013. Wow, that's and, awesome. And um, I actually got one of my best friends a role in it with me because he was into acting, too. And uh, that was a crazy experience. It was like a 12-day shoot. We got flown to Illinois. We flew to, uh, where was it, Alabama. And that was a really cool experience. I did a little bit in L.A. But the thing is, um, it just got too stressful. Like, you're just running around on auditions. Um, uh-huh. You're just hoping you get picked. And, like, at the end of the day, like, I want to be in control of, like, my life and my income. And that's where I kind of transitioned into uh, starting a business. And at some point, though, when things are... When things require less of my attention and time, I would love to get back into acting and just be really selective and just try to get like a cool little independent movie role and things like that. But uh, mm-hmm. it's fun. It just kind of it challenges you in a different way. Yeah, I feel like the acting things, you know, kind of always like, I mean, that's something that, you know, down the road would be like epic. But everyone knows about it now because, you know, Arnold Arnold led the way with that and especially in fitness. Um, but I think that's awesome that you um, um, you did that. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely outside your comfort zone. That's what I like about, you know, fitness and working out is like you go in the gym and it's like if you never squatted, say, 350 pounds before, you go in the gym and you guess what? You're doing something outside your comfort zone, but then you hit that 350 pounds and you realize that like pushing yourself outside your comfort zone is the answer to everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So speaking of that, actually, I want to touch on... Um... Did you, what were some of your biggest um, struggles, I guess, in terms of progress in the gym? Did you ever hit like a plateau for a while or ever get discouraged and, you know, um, kind of give up fitness for a bit or have you been fairly consistent? Um, good question. I would say my biggest struggle has always been, like I have longer arms, so I'm six foot one. My wingspan is like six foot five and a half or six foot six. So like wow. I have pretty long arms because most people... If you take most people's wingspan, it's about the same as their height. Mm-hmm. So I would say, like, my biggest struggle has been developing my arms, like actually having arms that, like, look big in proportion to the rest of my physique. Uh-huh. So I've really, like, gone through a lot of different, like, training styles for arms. Another thing that I struggled with was really getting strong on bench press. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I naturally got really strong on, like, deadlift and pretty much all the power lifts pretty quick. But for whatever reason, I got really... Uh, I plateaued on bench press for, like, the longest time. Yeah. That's Do you think a... that's something as far as, like, body structure? Because I know some guys just, like, even some guys who don't even have a well-developed chest just seem to have, like, incredible pushing strength. Oh, yeah. Um, bench press for me is actually my strongest lift. Um, and I would attribute that towards um, largely I kind of avoided, you know, I avoided deadlifts most of the start of my um lifting career because you know my whole focus was like hypertrophy bodybuilding all that stuff uh but something else i did which i don't you know recommend was just i kind of i kind of got fat (laughs) and i don't know i guess that's like i guess that's like you know i was back back um 
about a two years ago i was close to like you know 230 and it it wasn't oh, worth wow. it wasn't worth it uh because a lot of it was body fat and you know i put on i it, i'm still i kind of went through a yo-yo dieting whole thing for like about you know the last two years um trying to you know kind of get that weight off and it kind of messed up my body fat set point my body you know wanted to be like over 200 pounds and i i wanted to be lean but if i was lean i'd have to be like sub 180s so um that was a real struggle getting the weight off but i i've always just prioritized you know bench press like right now i'm prioritizing it even more because i'm dealing with um some uh, some injuries i have like an ankle injury which um i tried to squat through it at first um and then that led to like hip problems and um it even sort of messed up my shoulders because I was doing overhead press. And when you kind of, um, when you throw off your um, center of gravity, uh, your stability, it just leads to all these other issues. So I'm kind of right. prioritizing it again because it's funny. Uh, most people feel shoulder pain when they bench, but um, for me, it's it's never been that way. Um, I It's like one of the ex only exercises I can do, like pushing right now, where it's like completely pain-free. So that's kind of cool, but... I think it is largely just, um, largely, yeah, somewhat, somewhat genetic. Um, I know bench press, bench press is a tricky one because you can see those like skinny guys, um, that are like 160, um, and they'll deadlift like 500 to 600 pounds. Um, but right. you never, you never see a guy that's, you know, a buck 50, a buck 60, like repping like 300 pounds. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think it's, uh, and what's weird too is because if, if you look at my physique, my mm -hmm. chest is actually one of the more developed muscle groups in proportion to everything else. Like yeah, my and chest and shoulders stand out the most. Yeah, that's another thing that goes into it. You know, by being bodybuilding, that's the good thing about the sport. You know, you don't have to deadlift, squat, or bench. Um, you can develop it um, in so many different ways, which I think is, you know, awesome. Yeah, definitely. Do you do like a lot of time under uh, tension training? Like I've been doing recently, like these like crazy forty-five second time under tension sets, especially like. Um, like, I actually did it today on uh, tricep press downs. I did it on leg extension, and it was brutal. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've never done um, extremely long time under tension stuff, um, especially for, um, I guess, for bench. I've always done more of um, more so of a powerlifting style. I don't consider myself, like, I, I'm more so of a power builder, I guess, as opposed to a bodybuilder um, when it comes to uh, the bench. Like, I'll work with, like, I like working with sets of five, really, on bench when I'm going for strength. Um, and then okay. from there on my, um, isolation movements, I'll do more so time under tension, you know, slow eccentrics and, um, things like that. Um, but I think, all, I think all that stuff helps honestly. And I honestly, I just think the number one thing for bench press is just, um, to do it more. Um, so like when I, I have an arm day still, but it's kind of a, I call it arms, but it's really chest and arms cause I do, um, dips and I also do, um, close grip bench. So those also, I believe, have a great carryover onto your bench press. So, yeah, definitely, just kind of uh, that like tricep lockout strength too is important on that bench. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you have what are your um, what are your future plans? Do you have anything big coming up, or are you still just working on um, your brand, Alpha Lion? Uh, future plans. Let's see. Well, last summer I did uh, I did a lot of traveling. I went to Europe for like three and a half weeks this summer i've just been so busy with work i haven't got around to uh going anywhere besides like a little weekend trip to vegas mm -hmm. but uh as far as future plans uh, i'll just be like pretty much closing out the year trying to work really hard and then next year i want to set myself up to uh 
definitely do like a lot more like collaborations with YouTube and do a lot of traveling. I want to go to, uh, I have a few spots that I want to hit in uh, 2019, like Dubai, Australia. Um, I would love to go somewhere in Asia. So I definitely want to uh, just keep on building the YouTube channel. I have, um, I think about 155,000 subscribers now. So I'd love to get that to about 300,000 by the end of the year, which is a bunch of quality content and really open it up to, uh, I just want to meet people who, uh, I'm just like, I'm inspired by people who are doing great things. And the number mm-hmm. one motivation for me with YouTube, it was never really even about money. It was more about like, I want to, like I saw for instance, what Ty Lopez did Yeah. and lo- love him or hate him. Like he's so smart what he did. It's like, he has this huge audience. Like he literally just had Chris Paul at his house playing basketball, talking about life, talking about business. So I would love to have just like a use use my audience like that just as kind of like my own uh just kind of like for my own like personal knowledge just to like be able to network and collaborate with people who are doing big things and learn from them and uh, it's just it's interesting people are interesting at the top and you always want to hear how they did it and how they got there so yeah that's kind of my focus to uh close out the year yeah i agree i feel like you know it's funny that people like ty and them get a lot of hate but at the same time you kind of got to respect you got to respect the hustle always even if you know regardless of what you think about, you know, people's certain methods. So there's always something you can learn from somebody. And I feel like people discredit a lot of these people like Ty just because, oh, he's the annoying, you know, YouTube ad guy or whatever. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but at the end of the day, you kind of got to, like, you need attention. You need, you have something to sell. And how do you sell it? You got to have attention on you somehow. So it's like what he did was really smart and strategic just from, like, a business standpoint at, at the end of the day it's like i think you can't care too much about what people think of you because he has all these people who hate him but at the same token he's probably inspired more people that are like underprivileged to read and to like take action on their learning than anybody else which i think is pretty cool like obviously he sells expensive courses but also he's inspired a lot of people who maybe didn't have much direction to start reading books start learning from people at the top so yeah. I think when you look at the whole body of, like, work on what he's done, obviously, like, he's done very well financially. He's taken care of himself, and he's helped a lot of people along the way. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and in terms of you talking about the collaborations, I think, that yeah, that one's huge. Um, and having, you know, some people around you, sort of a, you know, a group of like-minded individuals, because that's kind of something, you know, I'm working on right now. That's why I like um, – this podcast because you know at the moment at the moment i'm sort of a one-man band with my um fitness business um yeah my, i feel my, you yeah my brother's helping me with some things but that's why i started this podcast because i like talking to people like you um you know learning pointers things like that and i feel like a lot of other people and en- really enjoy listening to this stuff because you know these conversations are just super organic and um, i feel like there's a lot of stuff people can pick up and apply to their own journeys so yeah, I think podcast is great. I definitely want to have a launch a podcast sometime this year. And just like you said, it's a different type of concept than say YouTube, where it's more like, okay, we're gonna like chop this down, we're gonna edit this, we're gonna like position the video like this. Where this is just like a natural, organic conversation. So it's really cool just to be able to connect with people in like a real, authentic way. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, I think that was um, that was most of the questions I had for you. Um, I really enjoyed the um, conversation. And thanks for coming on. And let me know when you um, start that podcast. I'll, I'll I'll link it, or maybe we could do another episode sometime when that comes out. Yeah, um, for sure. Maybe I'll uh, think of some questions for you in this interview. With you so that'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then yeah, I'll also obviously have all your links uh, in the description of the episode. So 
Um, if you guys want to follow him, um, it's Troy Shred on Instagram. Um, his uh, supplement brand and lifestyle brand is Alpha.Lion on Instagram. Um, and then I'll also probably link, you said you had the program Science of Abs, and I'll just put all your other information down there. So, Awesome, man. Sounds good. Well, it's definitely a pleasure to be on. And, uh, yeah, I think this podcast is going to be awesome. I really like what it stands for and just gives you a great opportunity to uh, network with some like-minded people. So great job. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Troy. Like I said, all his info will be in the description. Um, And lastly, I want to plug a sponsor real quick, which is Legion Athletics. They're a supplement brand. Um, They're also a lifestyle brand. They have some clothes and a blog. So there's a ton of good research on their website. And I like their supplements because they're the first to tell you that they're not necessary. You know, supplements are not necessary to make progress. Um, And also everything they have is clinically dosed. You know, there's no proprietary blends. Um, And they have so much research and evidence supporting the supplements on why they work and how they can be effective. So I just wanted to plug them real quick. Um, The link, my link will also be in the description of this episode. It's just buylegion.com slash Peter, which is my name. So buylegion.com slash Peter. If you're interested, um, feel free to check them out. I think you'll really like their stuff. Um, And you can always DM me or email me if you have any further questions about anything or their supplements um, pertaining to training or fitness. So uh, my email on Instagram will be in the description as well. Um, My email is at peterbowmanfitness at gmail.com. And my Instagram is just peter underscore bowman. So thank you guys for listening to this. And I hope everyone has a great day.